Key to start. Um, very good. Um, it's really funny. So I felt on my heart this week. I'll, I'll explain a little bit more in a minute. But look, God wanted to change things around today. So it's quite funny that that's just happened anyway. Um, anyway, we, we are starting a new series on John uh, today. And so throughout the autumn term, we're going to be in the book of John together, apart from two weeks. So uh, on the 11th, no, the 18th, which is the 18th, uh, two weeks' time, we've got a 20-year celebration. We'll do that as a notice later on. And also then the following week, we're going to have a Vision Sunday. But apart from that, all of the weeks that we're going to have are going to be in John. And so today, I'd, I'd genuinely, I've been preparing for a long time for this series, done lots of study on it, passed it up with pastors, the other people preaching, so on and so forth. I've thought a lot about it, read a lot about it. I was all geared up today to teach you about the Logos. We were going to go into heavy kind of theological terms and terminology. I wanted to fill your brain with mushy information today. And then God said to me this week, don't do that. So, um... <laughs> And you were like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We're in a new season today, and, and I, I, you know, I used to be a teacher. Claire, my wife's a teacher. Our children are at school. And so, as a family, the start of September is like a new year. I don't know whether you feel the same way, but that's how kind of it rolls in our household. The, the start of September is like a new year for us. And so you come out of the summer, and you're tanned, and you're looking the best that you can ever look throughout a year, because you're looking bronze like I am at the moment. I've got rid of some of my, my T-shirt tan lines you get, which is great. Um, so you come into it your best self. But then I think the, the problem is as well, what we do is we come into a new season, but yesterday is still with us, isn't it? You know, yesterday is still with us today. We, we want to have a new season. We want this new term to start. We've spoken about that this morning, but also we're aware that we're all carrying stuff that's just happened to us, even when we're away on holiday. And what's, what's happened with Lauren and Dexter hit us when we were on holiday? You know, we carry yesterday into today, don't we? And so I felt as, we, as I was just sort of preparing this and thinking about what God wanted me to say, I just felt Jesus, I said to Jesus, I've got to prepare this message, but it's no good. <laughs> what do you want me to say? He said, just bring them to me. Now, I should be doing that as a pastor all the time. That's kind of my role. But at the same point, I think sometimes there are just occasions we need to come to Jesus. And so, yeah, we are doing a series in John this term. And the series on John we're doing this term is going to uh, be themes in John's gospel. And we're going to look at answers to questions that our culture has. So, for example, what can I do about my brokenness? What is truth? That's a direct quote from John. What is love? How can I have a real relationship? What does success look like in the kingdom? Is there justice in the world? We're going to look at questions like that. So we're looking at it thematically. October and November, we're going to encouraging you to read through the Gospel of John together. We've got people writing daily devotionals at the moment. So that's where we're heading. Today, I just want to look at a story, two stories in John's Gospel. And we're going to read John chapter 2 together. This is a slightly different thing. We're going to be in John, but we're not in John <laughs> for our series. This is a standalone in some ways today. I'm crackly. Is that, is that all right? I need to move my T-shirt or something. Okay. So John chapter 2, verse 1. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and Jesus' mother was there. Jesus was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no more wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? That's a bit of a harsh response, isn't it? My hour has not yet come. His mum said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Now, there were six stone water jars there for Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, and they filled them to the brim. And he said to them, now draw out some and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it, and when the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, 
Everyone serves the good wine first. And when people have drunk freely, that other translation says have drunk too much, then the poor wine. But you've kept the good wine until now. This, first, this was the first of his signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to, the, to Capernaum with his mum and his brothers and his disciples and there he stayed there for a few days. The Passover of the Jews was at hand and Jesus went up to the temple in Jerusalem. In the temple, he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and money changers sitting there. And making a whip out of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. And he poured out the coins of money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, take these things away. They do not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. So I've just read to you two stories. You might think, well, how are they connected to one another? They don't seem like they're connected. I've heard these preached on separately. Well, if you were to read the synoptic gospels, that's Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So synoptic means similar. So it's the other three gospels we have, yes? Yeah? So we have John and we have Matthew, Mark, and Luke. If you read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the story of Jesus clearing the temple comes at the end of Jesus' ministry. But John moved it to the start. It comes in the other three books as Jesus goes to the crucifixion, he goes to Jerusalem, that's where the temple gets cleared. But here John moves it to the start and sandwiches it next to a story, or places it next to a story, about Jesus providing miraculous wine at a wedding. John wants us to see these two stories as being linked together, I would say to you today, and I want to show you why that is. So let's just look at these two stories very briefly. So in the first story, what we have is... We have these jars that were there um, at this wedding. And this wedding's taking place, and as the wedding's taking place, the worst thing possible happens. They run out of wine at the wedding. And so you can imagine the scene. They're running around in the background going, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? We've run out of wine for the guests. But Jesus' mother, who knows Jesus, knows what Jesus is capable of doing, because this isn't the first miracle that Jesus does. This is just the first miracle that we see. Knows what Jesus is capable of, says... Do whatever he tells you. And so Jesus says, get these six stone water jars. And they fill these water jars to the brim with water. And when they take the water to the the guest and they they pour it, it becomes wine. This is significant because these jars have a significance. These jars were the jars that you would wash yourself in before you went into the wedding feast. They were ritual stone jars. There to wash in, to be purified, in order that you could go into the wedding feast. And so the, the guests have all washed in this water. Just leave you that one for a minute. And then it gets served back to them as the best wine they've ever tasted. It's an interesting one, isn't it? So they drink this wine. And then we have this other story. This other story takes place. We find that Jesus is now at the temple and he's in Jerusalem. And as he goes into the temple, something's taking place. There are... Um, Cattle being sold in the middle of the market, in the middle of the temple. It's become a market. There's people changing money over in the temple. Now, this isn't like Dagenham Market. I don't know if you've been to Dagenham Market. We've had the joy of being a few times, haven't we? And um, Dagenham Market is your classic English market. There are people selling knock-off everything. You can get a pair of Nikes that are called Nicks, or you can, you know, you can get your fake Adidas T-shirt with an extra D in it. There's all kinds of things you can get there. And when we went there, there was this guy selling. Uh, watches from a suitcase. They were clearly stolen. So the market police come along and uh, 
It was like Del Boy. He literally closed up the suitcase, zipped it up there, watches flying everywhere, and ran off. You never saw, you didn't see him again. He just literally disappeared. And I was like, Claire, we missed that one. We could have got a really decent watch. <laughs> so look, it's not a market like that. You're not to see this as a market like that, because there's something else going on here as well. And the thing that's going on here is that what is happening, what is happening, there you go, that's better. Hallelujah. What is happening in this story is something different. So when Jesus goes to the temple, what he finds is that they've taken things that were taking place outside of the temple and they've brought them into the temple. The, the trade that's going on is to do with the rituals in the temple. When you turned up to the temple, you were turning, to, turning up to make a sacrifice before God. Now these sacrifices are now being sold inside the temple, not outside. The money changing going on. If you went to the temple, you went to pay a tithe, and also you went to pay a tax. And it was common practice that the tax was paid in a certain type of currency. And when Jesus turns up to the temple, he finds that rather than the, the money being, uh, uh, the things going on outside the temple, that the inside of the temple, the place of worship, the place of, 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 of catching God and meeting God has become a place of trade. And Jesus is incensed by it, righteously. It's where the word zeal means. It's like a righteous anger. Zeal for his house, for the Father's house has consumed Jesus. So what's this all saying? What's this all about? Well, what's the link? Well, the link between these two stories is about ritual. Jesus comes to make a transformation, and the transformation he brings is that he wants to transform ritual. He wants to get rid of ritualistic religion. He wants to transform ritualistic religion into a transformative relationship. And he comes by the first, he does it through a miracle. The second, he does it by a rant. But the same thing is happening in both stories. So what's a ritual? Well, a ritual is anything that you do with religiousness, that means again and again and again, in order to gain favor or approval from God. The Jews had, had set about, they said, their relationship with God, we've just done it, haven't we? Exodus. Their relationship with God was founded on relationship. It was meant to be a relationship, but it just all become ritual. Everything they were doing was ritual, so much to the point where actually the place that they were meant to be worshipping God had become another place for ritual. And at this wedding, they'd engaged in this ritual act and then run out of wine. Because what it's showing us is that the rituals don't work. The rituals don't work. So what is a ritual? Rituals is, is an act that you do religiously. And what, what we find in these stories is that the old water of ritualistic religion is about to be replaced by new wine. The wine of the relationship with God, there's old for new. And then the temple courts filled with the vestiges of ritual are being overturned in the place of relationship with God. There is this change taking place. There is this transformation taking place. So why do I feel that this is right for this morning? I feel the danger that we can get into and we can get into as Christians is that we can just become just as ritualistic. We can live our Christian lives out of a sense of ritualistic purpose rather than out of relationship with Jesus. We turn up to church and it's actually an obligation for us. Speaking to somebody this week, don't go to this church. And um, they were saying, I've only been to church a few times over the summer, just when I'm serving. I've been a bit of a fair weather Christian. We can all be like that at times, but that is ritual. That's not turning up to church because you were engaged in a relationship. That's turning up to church because it's an obligation, isn't it? We're not called for ritual, we're called for relationship. 
We go to group, we go to move, we group. Maybe it's just because that's the thing that everybody else seems to do, so I'll do it too. We, our prayer life becomes more about just going through the motions than building relationship with God. So like the trade that creeped into the temple, what can happen for all of us is that ritual can start to creep into our lives. And the danger is if we start out a new term the way that we start every other term, and we just try and get back into ritual again, we're going to end up feeling empty and disappointed the same way that those guests did at that wedding. They don't have enough wine to drink. But there is another way, and it's the way of relationship and transformative relationship with Jesus. You see, the thing is, if your life is based on ritual, you'll end up being motivated by fear or obligation to God which just leads to disappointment and apathy because it doesn't get anywhere. It is, the, the, the ritualistic Christianity is a, a wedding that doesn't have enough wine. But yet Jesus turns up and he invites us into a new relationship with him, one where actually there isn't just a little bit of extra wine, there's so much wine that you can possibly ever drink it. The wine at those weddings, the, 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 those six stone jars carried over a thousand bottles of wine. Have you ever been to a wedding that had a thousand bottles of wine in it? There is something about the abundance of God in this story. There's something about the abundance of this here. But you also notice there's another character in the first story that we need to recognize and, and see. Who's organized the wine at this wedding? It's the bridegroom. The bridegroom fails in his duty. And that bridegroom is almost symbolic of old ways and ritualistic faith. Ritualistic faith, if you just want to just go to God and think that your life in God is just about obligation, it will end up feeling empty and disappoint you. But Jesus is presented in the first story as a better bridegroom. He's the one who not only provides, but provides in abundance. And he invites us to come to the feast and drink with him. He invites us into relationship with him, a relationship that transforms us. We really believe that God wants to speak to each one of us today about doing away with ritual and turning to new relationship in Jesus. Jesus is our better bridegroom, and he's the one that we need to come to today. And so, how, what, what, where's the application here? Well, it's all application, isn't it, so far? But where is the application here for us today? I think some of us feel a little bit like today. You read these stories, we can go a a little bit of a a step beyond them, and we can start to see ourselves in some of these objects or things going on in these stories. Some of us are a little bit like water jars today. We've discounted ourselves from being used by God or serving in the church because we don't feel like we've reached a certain level. We're not, we're, not, we're not ready for it yet. We, 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 kind of, we, we do this thing where we go, well, it's for somebody else. It's not for me. And God actually wants to take you. See, God takes the things that are ordinary and turns them into the things that are extraordinary. It's not like God takes wine and serves it as wine. God takes water and it turns into wine. If we're in Christ, we need to realize that we're in a transformational relationship with him. And he wants to use us no matter what stage of our Christian lives we're at. There's nobody in this room who, isn't, who God doesn't want to use. There's nobody in this room who isn't useful to the living God. In fact, actually, he's called all of you into a relationship with him because he wants to work with you and partner with you and, and get you involved in his kingdom work. We're all part of it together, each one of us. There's nobody in this room who there isn't potential in for leadership, for growth, for, for serving. Each one of us have been given a unique calling and gifting. So sometimes we might have discounted ourselves like some old water jars at a wedding, not not thinking that that we're any use at all. 
And maybe some of us today just feel like we've run out of the wine of God's presence in our lives. We've actually started the new term and we've started it empty. And we actually need God to come and fill us again with his presence and turn what we have into new wine in abundance. Secondly, maybe we feel a little bit like the temple today. Maybe we've filled our lives with things that we think that we should be doing. Things that are good. All of the things that that were in the temple actually weren't bad in and of themselves under that religion. They were things that they needed to do. But what happened is these things that should have been left outside had crept in. And we can allow things uh, things that are good to creep into our lives and take over the things that are of most importance, the worship of Jesus, serving him as our Lord. We can allow other things to creep in, busyness to creep in, and it become of precedence over serving Jesus. The story of Martha and Mary, I know I shared this a few weeks ago, but it's, it's one that depicts this moment again, isn't it? Rather than busyness, we're called to come to the feet of Jesus. We can allow other things to creep in. Maybe you've not filled your temple with good things. Maybe it's rubbish stuff that you've filled your temple with. And you do need Jesus to come in and come and bring about a transformation in you. But you see, the thing is, if, we, if we're living a ritualistic style of Christianity, what will happen is, is when we hit difficult moments in life, we'll come unstuck. Because we, we won't have the, the moorings, the underpinnings, in order to be able to walk through the difficult seasons. And what we've seen role model to us, both through Dexter this morning, through Eddie this morning, and through others who are going through a really difficult season at the moment, I'll even cite my own parents into that with everything that's happened with my mum, what we've seen is what it looks like to walk in transformative relationship before Jesus and not in ritualistic religion. They are role modelling to us what it looks like to be transformed daily and trust in Jesus. Each one of us needs to be the same. And I believe that as I was preparing for today, I just wanted to lead us now into a time just before Jesus. As I said, Jesus told me to bring you to him. You see, he's the one who takes the old stuff and replaces it with new. He's the one who takes our brokenness, we sung it earlier on, and replaces it with beauty. He's the one who takes the old wine, the old water, the old way of doing things, ritual and religion, and he replaces it with a relationship. Jesus wants to come and meet with you today. And so we're going to do this in two ways. First of all, I'm just going to invite you. If you feel like any of those things relate to you, we're going to close our eyes in a minute, and we invite you. If you feel like any of those things relate to you today, I'm going to invite you to stand. But then what we're going to do is we're going to sing a song, and then we're just going to just spend a bit of time in his presence as we finish our time together today. So should we close our eyes? Just because that makes it easier for people if they do want to stand up. If you feel like an old water jar today, or you feel like you've... you've, um, You've filled your life like the temple with things and that you know you've just given yourself over to ritual. Can I invite you just to stand with me for a minute? You feel like you need to just actually just stand before Jesus again and say, do you know what? I've just, I've filled my life with stuff. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Father God, we just pray for these guys who are standing right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You don't call us into ritual. You call us into transformation. You don't call us into ritual. You call us into a growing relationship. Lord, I pray right now for each one of them that they might know the abundance of new wine in their lives. They might know the abundance of new wine this morning. I thank you for their obedience and just wanting to stand up this morning. I pray for them, Lord Jesus, that right now that they would be filled with the new wine of your presence. Can I invite everybody to stand with me?
you just, if you want to meet with God right now, I want you to just put your arms out. This is a posture, right? It doesn't do anything special, but it's just saying to God, God, I'm open. God, I want to meet with you this morning. God, I want to start this term, not out of ritual, but out of relationship. God, I don't want the old way. God, I want the new way. Let's just take a few moments, shall we? Lord Jesus, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Just in this moment of peace, where fears are stilled and striving cease, Lord, we don't want to strive right now. Lord, we just come into your presence right now. Lord, we come into your presence right now. We fix our eyes on you, Holy Spirit. Save us from ritual. Bring us into relationship. Save us from trying. Lord, we don't need to earn it. You've already done it for us. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here today. Holy Spirit, we thank you. Your presence is is like precious oil. Holy Spirit, we just speak your presence out now. Holy Spirit, come right now. Come right now. Holy Spirit, come right now. Shanda Surabara Bunda Sulamaya. Chiaba Baba Sunkurabamaya. Chiro Dorama. Shakushina.